0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com
1: for more information. Buck, buck, buck. Welcome to another episode of the High Vibe Guys. I was about to do the intro with like the number episode. I don't even know what episode is it is anymore. Is it 15? Is it 13 or 15? Anyway, it's a lot. Oh, it's got to be 15. 15 hey, It's, it's
2: got to be 15. It's got to yeah. be
1: 15. 15 feels like a very official number. What? Uh, so, welcome to the episode. It's your boy Booz doing my best Angelique impersonation with a smoothie on deck today. <laughs> today. Uh, it's your boy Asa the Scholar. Nori, long wavy lock, pretty green eye, take your babe. He got a babe. Scholar, already. Asa the Scholar. And then uh, we got the father of Luna. Throwing up gang signs. That's inappropriate, bro. Hey, got gang signs. I got, like, up, I got
2: like I got like four kids, man. What's wrong with you? Well, Luna's my godchild, right. so guess which one gets the shout out right now? Mark. Oh <laughs> my god. Asia, right. Elijah, Nyla, all with the Your babies ain't fruit. listening to this podcast yet anyway. They
1: gonna be me 10 years before they even dip into this.
2: You don't even know. My son listens. Oh
1: man. Elijah. Yes, sir. Hey, your daddy, not your <laughs> i
2: <laughs> to be your goddamn. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yes, bro. What's cracking, y'all? What's man, it's good? good to
1: be back on the show, y'all. How y'all feeling?
2: I'm great, man.
1: Yeah, I'm good right now, bro.
2: Protect the black woman at all costs. You hear what I say? By
3: any means necessary.
2: And make the hood healthy again. What up, Rafa?
3: Yes, sir. Um,
2: no such thing as a shameless plug with that. Well, you got to do more than that because
1: I say ninety five percent of our listeners are listening. So what Akil is pointing out is a make the hood healthy again hat, which also uh, can be accompanied by a make the hood. Right, does he? Oh, he has a a pin, and then he also has a make the hood great sign. Uh, you can uh, receive all these from Raphael Wright. Um, if you going to IG, his IG is um, Rafa Pharaoh. It was a uh, Pharaoh Rafa.
3: Three different, Rafa, three, different, uh, three different, ones. So Pharaoh, Rafa, which is F A I R A R O, make the grade again.
2: F A I R O. Yep, it's F A I R O at Rafa at Rafa. F-A-R-O. Yep, or excuse oh. me, we we jacking yeah, it all it up. It's F A is F A I R O underscore. R-A-F-A. That's mm-hmm. his, uh, that's his personal one. And then he got Make the Hood Great Again. And the third one is the Neighborhood Grocery.
1: So those are all exactly. IG pages too, right? Yes, sir. And you can yes, receive, receive those products via the IGZ. Um, great cause to support, especially if you live in Detroit, a real cause to support. Um, Man, let's, y'all ready for that topic? Y'all ready to jump into the show? Yes, sir. Yes, All right, sir. so um, the climate of the world, you know, you know, you know like we live in Detroit. Um, we had the Detroit riots in 1968, and uh, currently the world is rioting, you know what I mean, um, based off the actions of a police officer in Minnesota um, killing a, a black man by the name of George Floyd. Um, our show is going to be based around this, too. But, you know, I want to get the high vibes perspective before going into the show with it. Um, Asa Akil, what are you thinking? What are you feeling, bro?
2: Go ahead, Asa. Um,
1: A lot of stuff,
3: definitely. But for right now, what I want to answer is clarity. So there are a lot of different um, so-called racists. So-called racist, E-S, not I-S-T-S. Um. There are a lot of different, you know, groups of people who get offended when we step up and say something like Black Lives Matter or whatever phrases, you know, are popular nowadays. The point is that everything vibrates. All of us are human. It's no longer about like, you know, what color you look like. I mean, apparently something is going on, but essentially, as far as the universe is concerned, the message is like, look, yo, forget all of that. It's black people who are acting like devils. It's white people who are acting like devils. It's air people who are acting like devils. Forget all of that. Right now, it's time to transform and focus on the high vibrations. And anybody from any color or any pigmentation can do that. So that's the name of the game right now at the end of the day. That's the underlining tone that the universe is trying to lay down. We need righteousness on the planet. We need love to increase all over the planet. And we, need, and we need each other like we need air right now, man. We need to put these guards down. And we just need to get busy with, with transforming all this, you know, obviously uh, non-productive paradigm stuff we be involved with. Introduce the new one, the spirit first one that we all, came, that we all want in the first place. And every religion wants some love, peace, happiness, money. Everybody want that. You feel me? So, yeah, that's, what, that's what's it we on right now, just making it plain and simple.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's my feedback before I get an attitude and get all turned so. up <laughs> Go ahead and get an attitude, man. Fuck it. Go ahead and get an attitude. kill going
2: to piss me off in a minute. Go ahead, the kill. I'm sure I am. No, man. My, my whole tip been on just, like, being present. Being present in the moment, bro. Like, staying focused on what I'm being told by some of the wisest people that we have in our circles, which is to be still, observe. You know what I'm saying? Don't run out here and make like grand declarations or, you know what I'm saying? Be still. Put your money into urban farming, into the community, into altruism. You know what I'm saying? Making sure that you're getting with the people that you love, staying close to the people that you love, doing self work, taking care of yourself. Um, that's That's been my tip. During these time, during uh these times, the riots and all that stuff, or the protesting, because you know, I got different opinions on what's going on right now with the stuff that I'm seeing and the feedback that I'm hearing from people that's on the front lines seeing what's going down. So, the protesting and the rioting, you know, I can't I can't really control that because I'm not contributing to that. Just giving my opinion through I guess social media. I'm not actually physically on the front lines protesting or rioting or anything like that, but for what's, you know what I'm saying, important to me, it is self-maintaining, staying focused, trying to get my uh as as my man Dom say, my food sovereignty on. And you know what I'm saying learn learn how to how to get my hands dirty like our parents did, our grandparents did. Because that's the time we in, bro. We got to get this shit out the mud for real. Literally.
1: And figuratively. Uh, All right. We about a minute or two out. We 11-14. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Travis, you with us, baby? He probably got his phone. There you go. Yeah, he's got
3: to
0: unmute his phone. Trash, ready? You got to unmute your phone. Trash. You guys, all right? Yes, sir. Good to be a Good to kings and God.
1: Oh man! Thank Apart you, over, big, bro. bro. I wanna uh I think it's no too because Travis is we're talking about being out in the field. We're talking about being on the front lines, right? I think Travis is on another uh is on the front lines in a different uh perspective, you know what I mean, in a moment, because it looks like you out in the garden right now, bro. Travis, you out in the garden, right? Yeah, I'm uh
0: I'm sorry, I lost you. I had a call come in.
1: Okay, all good, bro. I was just saying, like, uh, we Akil was speaking to being on the front lines, and it looks like you're on the front lines of a different perspective because you're out in the garden right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Uh, Big Travis, Travis give us on, a little background on yourself, and then uh, give us a little background on yourself and uh, maybe speak to Green Thumbs Consulting for us.
0: Okay, well, my name is Travis Peters, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, 1971. Uh, product of uh, DPS schools, um, wanted to uh, leave the uh, the atmosphere and the environment here in Detroit, see the world. I joined the military for college money and just to, the traveling experience and the um, to get the expertise of whatever field I was going in to enhance my career. And also I joined the Army to somewhat get a pass, a pass on my uh, black skin, somewhat, a. uh, uh a a portal or to alleviate me from being racially profiled. I figure being a a army veteran or a veteran period, having served in my country, that would be my so-called pass. You know what I'm saying? Against the various things that we see that's going on in our climate today regarding uh, racial uh, diversity and ethnic diversity and things like that. So after the military in the military, I um. Fought in the war, desert storm, made it home from that, uh, had uh, issues dealing with that. Um, it was very hard when I got home to tie those disabilities into uh, compensation uh, or to get proper uh, therapy um, due to my age. You're young. They consider nothing is wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? So I um during my time in the military. I was assaulted. I'm going to spare the details because of the time. But I just want to say that my experience was. Please get the that, details. Say that again.
3: I said, please get some details. Okay. Some well, people don't got a clue. Some people, you know. Okay, well, have...
4: In the military,
0: I went in in 89 to 93. Um, during this incident that happened to me, it was a police brutality incident against myself and another uh, army soldier uh, named Ernest Marshall. He was from Mississippi, and uh, he came to my aid. When you're in the military during my time, you are often relieve yourself after service, duty, or mission. You go to the uh, local NCO club that's on your post or your base, That NCO club is the non-commissioned officers club. That's for the enlisted members from E1 private all the way up to E9. Those are First Sergeant, master sergeants and command sergeant majors from the bottom to the top. You all can go into this particular environment and fraternize, pardon me with that word. You can uh, mingle together. Um, So the way this, the structure of the NCO club is, After uh, you get off work, after uh, five o'clock, the NCO club is open and it caters to uh, Western uh, and country music, country, Western music for a certain period of time. So we pretty much know the demographic who listens to country and Western music in uh, more of a uh, greater proportion. That's our white brothers and sisters. So after country music is played, uh the NCO club music has changed over to, to uh, r b hip hop which predominantly predominantly is uh, uh um, attended by your black soldiers and those of uh the uh, uh latino descent so to speak y'all get the gist correct yes sir so that's the environment so on this particular day it was New year's Eve 1992 going into new year the new year 93. I'm waiting outside like you uh, habitually do, waiting on country and Western music to let out, go in and listen to the music that I like to listen to and forget about all of my missions and duties and troubles of the day that I experience and somewhat diffuse and uh, let Mm -hmm. the air out my stories. On this particular day, um, the music changing over some of the white soldiers were upset because they felt that they wouldn't be able to bring in the new year as they wanted to. Mm. They took out their aggression on me standing outside. They were drunk from already uh, partying and whatnot. They took out their aggression on me. I didn't know that they were undercover. I'm sorry, not undercover. They were uh, MPs who were in their civilian clothes or their civilian getup. MPs were called because it began to get out of hand. And I had about three uh, uh, white soldiers that were uh, pretty much on my head. MPs were called. These MPs that were called, they they worked with these MPs. So they sided with them. It got out of hand. And it got out of hand where uh, hands were being put on me illegally in a manner that shouldn't be. And I began to defend myself. And in doing so, I was dragged behind a building. And I had another uh, soldier in my unit who came to my aid. If he had not come to my aid, just as those that stood by and yelled things for the officers to stop Mm -hmm. and George Floyd uh, met his demise, that would have happened to me. Everything that George (laughs) Floyd uttered, calling out to his mother, Saying he was about to die, I experienced that. I know what it's like being dragged to your execution or your lynching. I know the the, the hands-on uh, anger and hate uh, that that you're being subjected to because you're you're subjecti- subjectively going to be killed. So that happened to me, and I carried that, and it affected me on my jobs when I got back to uh, Detroit. Uh, dealing with white uh, men in authority pos- positions, especially that came with that that energy or that wrong vibrance or that wrong wrong vibration. If you all understand mm. what I'm saying, y'all please mm-hmm. interject because I feel like I'm rambling on. Okay, oh, no, no on. And you're not sure.
1: rambling. But I, I, do okay. you, I do I do have a thought. Um, we in 2005. It was sister, sister who was married to a soldier. Right, do you, do you are you familiar with that story? It was a sister murdered in two thousand five in, uh, in two thousand and five. It was a sister who was murdered who was a soldier. Are you familiar with that story? It was a sister who whom? She was a soldier. She was a um she was a soldier and she was murdered. And um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her murder was uh, covered up overseas. Is that what you're speaking to? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm and I'm just curious, bro, like. You know hearing you speak about it, it, it's very familiar to her story. You know, she was raped, they poured corrosive ash on her genitalia to cover the yeah. race. They uh, she was found with a black eye, um, yeah, several other wounds, and ultimately, man, they, they they ruled her 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 death as a as a suicide. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just speaking, I'm just asking, like, because as you're talking, it's crazy because my grandfather had PT. <sighs> From being, He was in the military.
0: PTSD. Uh,
1: hmm?
0: No, I said PTSD.
1: And he had, but he had it from the his his comrades. Which, you know, like he got he got a. It's an episode of Boondocks where um, they're showing like how in the 1930s and 40s, black men were basically beat up and and and, and harassed by their own um, comrades. And I'm just wondering. I didn't. I didn't. We kind of forget how long this has been going on and how much it impacts the soldiers, not necessarily even the war itself, but having those racial incidents um, on your base or whatever, man.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that going on. You guys got to remember, too, a lot of these military bases are in the South. A lot of these, uh, when you go off uh, post, you still have to... uh, uh, understand the black codes or sundown towns is what they call.
1: Um, mm. I was
0: a driver for my commander so I used to pick up uh, 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 marines uh, sailors and uh, soldiers from uh, various uh, institutions and take them to the bridge so uh, one incident uh, I had to go leave Fort Stewart, Georgia go up uh, to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri And they told me to make sure I had on my military uniform as I was going through Missouri. Uh, That's, quote unquote, Klan country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and civilian get up as a young black man, uh, age 19, 20 years old, riding through uh, Missouri in a military vehicle. That's not going to go well. So I Mm -hmm. had to don my uniform to keep myself as somewhat a pass. You know, that was my badge of passage. But, um, you know, so my first real bout with racism, other than what we read about growing up here in Detroit, uh, was hands on when I got in the military. So that made it difficult for me to serve, to serve this country, knowing that uh, the people I served with had a hate and an anger and a a terroristic mindset because of the color of my skin that they were willing to kill me, regardless of my pedigree and my uh, exceptional military record, you know? Man, how much longer did you have to serve after that incident? So that incident happened in uh, say January 1, 1993. I decided to leave the military and I got out in October of 93. Okay. When I made that decision to leave the military, it extended me to an extra six months in Korea. So I had to continually serve with these people. And after mm. this incident happened, it was swept under the rug. Uh, I had sworn witnesses. I was totally <sighs> innocent. innocent. It was swept under the rug. No one lost a reduction of rank. I never received the disciplinary action, and uh, we were fo- uh, made and ordered not to speak about this incident as long as we remain on post at Camp Carroll, Korea, in Wagon, Wagon, Korea. Mm-hmm. So that's near the south of uh, Korea, small town. But let me just hit you with this: this was on the. Uh, on the uh, heels of the Rodney King uh, incident. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I wasn't even um, stateside doing uh, Rodney King. When Rodney King incident happened, I was in the Middle East finishing mm-hmm. up with the uh, Operation Desert Storm, Desert Comfort. Then I came home and then I was uh, shipped off. I came up on orders to uh, Korea. Korea is a one-year tour. So when I went to Korea, now after this Rodney King incident, I'm in Korea in uh, 92 and 93. Now, you remember there was a lot of civil unrest between Korean merchants and the Black uh, people that lived in LA. You Mm -hmm. all remember that? Yes, sir. So when I was in Korea, the Korean merchants, when we went to what's called the Ville, they used to tell us one black G.I. in at one time. Now, I'm, I did use that. Uh, and I apologize for that. Now, that was very uh, that was uh, I, that was a labeling thing. I, I, I spoke in the in, in the uh, mannerism of uh, how Koreans spoke to us. But I'm sorry. In the English tone, the Korean merchants used to tell us only one black G.I. in their stores at one time. Mm -hmm. So imagine that Mm I'm one amongst 30,000, the black soldiers that are amongst the 30,000 that are there to protect the people of South Korea uh, on on that peninsula are subjugated to be uh, only allowed to come in their stores and spend our good American dollars Mm -hmm. one, one person at a time. You Mm -hmm. see these things add to the racism or the trauma that black people go through. that folks don't want to talk about. So, do you ever let me hit you with you, this.
1: I got out of the army after go ahead. I was going to ask, do you ever do you ever question that time in the military? Do you ever think like as a black man that wasn't the right decision? Because I've always been like
0: skeptical.
1: You said what? Else? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, you got to think about that after. Remember, yeah. I I didn't I didn't go in for the gun toting thing. Yeah. I didn't go in for that, for the war. I didn't go in for war. I went in for travel experience and education money. Money to get, uh, 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 you know, I went in for that program. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that does. Uh, I often ask that question. Man, if I could do that again. But, you know, hey, we can't turn back the hands of time. We can only move in the moment and go forward. So hey. that's what I'm doing. And so I'm i um, so real. When I, I got out the military, I'm in my 22. I'm age 22, 23. Simple traffic stops would uh, go ballistic with me. Uh, I would get into jostlings with the police because I were automatically going to a a, a a terror frenzy. Uh, uh-huh. You know, just uh, it it would be amazed that one time I was hogtied. On uh, 94. You guys can ask uh, your uh, uh, brother Ron, Ron Kelly, about this. You can ask mm-hmm. him. He was with me during that incident. Just mm-hmm. ask him, hey, what happened to Travis' The uh, incident with the state right. police on 94 back in the 90s? You know, he can give you some detail. But in, the, in that incident, I ended up being hog tied and, and tossed in the back seat of a, a police cruiser on my stomach. So I was really terrified then, you know. So, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: George Floyd's incident, uh, it really brought back haunting memories that I still suffer with because of how he was uh, expired mm-hmm. and the words that he stated. Because I stated those exact words, I know what it's like when your life is being suffocated out of you. I know mm-hmm. that feeling firsthand. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. And,
0: Yo, and damn. if we want to.
3: Go ahead. That just brought to mind what Will Smith said some years ago about... Uh, it's always been here. It's just getting televised. You know what I'm yep. saying? George Floyd, people looking at it like it's on Brand New. That shit happened left and right all the time. This just got put on the on the big screen.
0: Awesome. What you bring up yep. a very great, great point. If we had televisions and social media apparatuses like we do now, what we see now is... Nothing compared to back in the 1860s. Do oh, you all yeah. know that after 1865, there was a so-called yes. Second Civil War, uh, started around 1868 in this country. Are you all familiar with that?
2: Uh uh, uh into it, big bro. I, well,
3: you, I, I
1: you remember had, you, go, you, you know the details. Shoot, shoot. Well, well, you had um, okay,
0: 1865, uh, the Civil War ends. Uh, black people are now emancipated. Remember now, Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator, he said that he is for slavery. Let me repeat that. Yep. Abraham Lincoln said, I am for slavery if mm-hmm. it shall preserve the Union. He also said, I am a, a for anti slavery if it shall preserve the Union. Abraham Lincoln cared nothing about Black people at all, about your mm-hmm. freedom. He only cared about the preservation of the Union and its capitalistic ventures and the further yep. advancement of the federal imperialistic uh, republic mm-hmm. of this new nation. That's it. That's it. You can read it and find mm-hmm. out for yourself. So during Reconstruction, um, you had members of the Senate. Uh, we need to look these people up, these radical Republicans called uh, named Thaddeus Stevens and uh, Charles Sumner. These were senators and congressmen from Massachusetts and Pennsylvania who helped uh, really fight for free enterprise, the, uh, 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 the property rights and the uh, personal rights of black men free Black men and Black peoples in this country. They were named Carpetbaggers and Scalawags because they would go to the South and educate Black people. They would teach them how to write and read, which was very, very, very important. And they would educate us on um, legislative uh, positions and things like that. During the time of Reconstruction, you had over 200 Black people, Black men that were elected to uh hold positions of legislation, meaning that they could write laws that help um, prosper Black people. Well, mm-hmm. the Second Civil War started around 1868. And these were uh, white armed men who were going to terrorize Black people. And uh, they were to preserve the Confederacy. They wanted to preserve the original Constitution. They, they weren't for this 14th <clears throat> Amendment. And things like that. They weren't for that, and the Thirteenth Amendments and things like that coming about.
1: Mm. Pardon mm-hmm. me. So
4: and you, Trav, this for the
1: people. The Thirteenth, the 14th Real quick, Trav. I just want to say the Thirteenth and Fourteenth Amendment are the ones that basically freed Black people, so to speak. I, you know? It gave. It gave us. It gave us a
0: right to to acknowledge a right to adopt the uh, Bill of Rights as our Bill of Rights too. Right. That's what it did. It it allowed us to when it says we hold these truths that all men are created equal, that mm-hmm. it, it, it the 13th Amendment allowed us to be able to not only say that, but walk in that. Now, remember during during uh, Reconstruction, you're not just going to walk in the people's uh, 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 environment and culture and change it. They had the army come in to help assist with this. Mm-hmm. During this time, you have what's called black codes because mm-hmm. states laws allow them to regulate things. And we're seeing that happen now. States are allowed to govern themselves. There are state constitutions where a lot of states let's come up to uh, the 20th century with uh, George Wallace, former uh Alabama governor who ran against uh, Nixon uh, in the late 68 election, I believe, right right around that time. George Wallace, they instituted black codes Mm -hmm. where they don't give a damn what the government said, come down here in these parts and you subjugated to being hung. Hanging went on for for 100 years, the 1860s um, Jim Crow through nineteen sixty. Was the last lynching the so-called lynching? You
1: know what I mean by hanging. And uh, Trav, just one—I I was going to say too—that um, Trump is nothing new for this country. Not he, at all. He's a—he's a reincarnation of a George Wallace, who was a outwardly spoken white supremacist, publicly uh, official. You know what I mean? And to say that, like Donald Trump, don't go for it.
0: No, Trump, not cutting you off, but. We're misconstrued. Trump ain't got nothing on Woodrow Wilson, Andrew Johnson, and, uh, Andrew Jackson. And, uh, like George Wallace, the governor who was a governor running for president. Trump don't have nothing on them, especially Woodrow Wilson. Oh, he was heinous. Woodrow Wilson was the worst. Woodrow Wilson, uh, he segregated the federal government. When black people had positions of, uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, positions we could uh, ascertain to uh, um, attorney general, uh, postmaster general, uh, Mm -hmm. congressmen, state senators, things like that. The uh, Woodrow Wilson administration uh, ousted black people from the federal government, government and made it where we can only hold positions of servitude. Such as butlers and maids and things like that, and landscapers. Oh yeah, that was Woodrow Wilson's doing.
4: Hmm.
2: Okay. All right, so not not to uh, not to switch gears because I could talk about this all day on day. Yes, but why don't, why don't you why don't you touch upon what you do with Green Thumbs Consulting within the city and uh, the different things that you do within the city?
0: Okay. Well, um, Green Thumbs Consulting, right there. (laughs) That's uh, planting the seeds of today's dreams to reap the harvest of tomorrow's success. I started Green Thumbs um, considering myself being a planter. Uh, Plant plant, uh, plant a seed, someone else will water the seed, and the universe or our creator or God will give the increase. You know what I'm saying? When we Mm -hmm. plant a seed and water it, we don't know what the earth is doing. That's up to God and the universe to determine what's going on underground for us to see what comes up. So that's where I get that uh, mantra. I started Green Thumbs Consulting because my military disability, I mean, yes, the disabilities I um, endured and experiences during uh, my time of service began to... uh, Alleviate me from performing my daily duties and and having a sustainable livelihood. So there are many programs in place for veterans that there are no advertising dollars set aside uh, to let you know. There was no one telling me, uh, Specialist Peters, when you, as soon as you ETS, go here or there for counseling, for therapy, for benefits, for compensation to help you and help sustain you. So I found out the many different, um, avenues and uh programs to help vets so i began to be my own uh somewhat pie, pie or a paul revere going out finding veterans because i know where the veterans go because i'm a veteran mm-hmm. i'm a veteran that's been homeless i know where you go uh to find a, a peace of mind you see to think about a military veteran long as we uh Find proper shelter, not getting wet or cold, we're good. We could live in the car, under a viaduct, in a tent, it don't matter. You feel what I'm saying? In a cardboard box, because we've lived in very, very hard situations and had to survive. So that's easy. Living in the car is easy for a vet, especially, mm-hmm. well, I'm for me. So, that's one of the reasons I started uh green thumbs consulting to help veterans improve their quality of life letting them know that hey man your military uh service may and experiences may uh, uh allow you to be compensated which in turn we knows if you're if you have steady income you can maneuver you can mm-hmm. uh receive resources and things like that it, mm-hmm. it makes you uh uh it 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 puts you in a in a more applicable state to be able to uh function properly, you know as 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 we know what it is to be without and how hard it is uh, having a soup kitchen or a breadline type of lifestyle or a handout type of lifestyle. So that was mm-hmm. the thing. One of the things that drove me to that um, having a knowledge in the home building and reconstruction. That was easy to uh, go find veterans that were, that had a, um, what's called a uh, AIT, your advanced individual training. A lot of military veterans go to school for carpentry. They go to school for electrical engineering or cable wiring or telephone service. Uh, Pretty Mm -hmm. much every job that's out here, there's a compatible or comparable job in the military that does that. So that's pretty much what Green Thumbs consult- Consulting is about: helping veterans uh, uh, reinstate and uh, reinvigorate themselves and reacclimate themselves into a sustainable part of of, of of today's society, not being outcast.
2: Dope, dope. That's that's very dope. important because a yeah. lot of veterans are overlooked. A lot Ooh. of times we have uh men and women that went and defended this country and come back here and yes. there is nothing for them like right that that, that shouldn't be there should be some set-aside housing uh jobs that are in place yeah so as soon as you touch back into the country you going right into whatever field you know you you might have been training for while you were
0: uh wherever you were stationed that's how it's supposed to be,
2: Yeah, now, remember so you do
0: go ahead. Now I was
2: just gonna say you're doing the yo miss work big bro. I
0: appreciate it. so yeah. um, you know the the gardening uh that aspect is to uh be a producer uh of uh goods and foods and not only uh produce goods but uh take them to market. And distribute right. and deliver and give back, give back to the veterans. So, our program now, we give 23 uh, meal boxes, somewhat such as this one here, somewhat. This is a sample, but we give 23 boxes to our military veterans and to our uh, elders each per month during our growing season um, in the city of Detroit. So, this, after I finish this, uh, I'm just acclimating myself so I can master my business. This position will be available for a military veteran paying between $16 and $20 an hour working 24 hours a week. You 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 feel what I'm saying? Don't. So yeah. So that's what what this is about. Being able to uh Many veterans cannot work traditional jobs due to their military experiences. We have to create ways, not just for our veterans, but for our our population, our workforce population, who may have been traumatized by the systemic racism in this system. The system is not designed for you can keep your equality. I'm going to say that. Give me equity. And that's Mm -hmm. what the Freedmen's Bureau and Thaddeus Stevens and Charles Sumner and those uh, reconstruction uh, 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 electors who had real voices. They were really for the advancement of uh, us to be able to live free and be able to capitalize and have free enterprise and have the same amount of equity. Remember, we all have equality in ed- education. We can equally go to schools, but do our schools have the same equity in books? Are our textbooks of the same newness? Are uh, they of the uh, the same? Are uh, our classrooms of the same equity? Y'all get mm-hmm. the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. Is, is yep. the housing provided for us in the same amount of equity? No, it's not. No, it's not. So Green Thumbs Consulting speaks to that, providing equity, mm-hmm. proper equity for our military veterans and spilling over into the community for our uh, uh, regular citizens as well. You know, and before, before we leave, I really wanted to see if I can speak on this current situation, if possible, and things and suggestions on what we need to do. Exactly. To, to bring about,
1: change. I was just about to speak about that. Eyes popped up, but he wanted to talk about solutions in particular. And I wanted to speak more to kind of what you spoke to me about the other day, where you were talking along the lines of just the whole situation itself. And like you said, you had the opportunity to speak with uh, a minister. I got the week. Oh, yeah, this mic in this room. But give me some, give me your thoughts on, yeah, the situation, like you were saying, the solutions that you talked to.
0: So uh, go back to uh, uh, go back in history um, and what we need to do. We need radical legislation. You, we had to have the military come in during a peaceful time to help support the Freedmen's Bureaus Act. Mm-hmm. Um, we were considered refugees on abandoned lands back then. And in order for us to establish, uh, ourselves. We needed those type of legislative uh, bodies in place. Today, if we are to exact change, now we got to remember, oh, let me go back here. So remember I said we had over 200 Black men that were elected to Congress to, mm-hmm. to be able to write laws to help our advancement. During this time, you had uh, angry pockets of white men, considered themselves patriots to the confederacy and to the original constitution they actually went to the convention in new orleans the republican convention in new orleans and killed 40 people see they they, would now imagine that now you can look this up republican convention back in the 1800s in new orleans we considered ourselves to be aligned with the republican party and other parties that Further our advancement. Okay, it wasn't only the Republican Party that just happened to be the largest conglomerate, which could um, more in a, a more expeditious type of fashion um, execute those laws to get us to our proper place in our elevated equity. You mm-hmm. feel me? Being mm-hmm. free peoples, pockets of white people came after that in a violent fashion. To the fact where they went to a Republican convention where black people and nominees were being, you know what conventions do, where mm-hmm. when they bring about their uh, electors to assume offices or to assume positions to be able to be uh, 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 voted upon during the upcoming elections. These white people went in and killed 40 people. They assassinated you don't hear about... Have you all heard about that in your textbooks? Nope. I'm familiar with that one, bro. nope. Do we hear about that uh, during the upcoming elections?
2: No, nah, bro. That's the first time I've ever heard that story.
0: You guys, please look this up so you can hold my feet to the fire of truth about this. So, yep. What I'm getting at is that you're going to have to take the white people in this society who who are born into the privilege, okay, to be radical, to go against those pockets who are willing to die and cause war wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. You feel me? That's what you need to exact change. That's what's going to happen. You're going to have to have that type of asset, as you said, energy. All this burning down and looting that's that's a distraction y'all that's a distraction Uh, that has nothing to do with george floyd or the advancement of black people
1: i I want to say that's a distraction man i will say that there's people acting out that using their energy to act out as best they know like people I i said this before and some people don't agree you need strong leadership in these cases man these people are young and they have a lot of i've been young and full of rage right I've been a person who's learning about what's going on in the world and pent up. I won't say it's a distraction. I will say that it's being used to benefit others and not the actual cause itself. You know what I mean? That's 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 what I'm speaking to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Boos. I'm speaking to that that anger is being distracted into something else instead of channeled into the proper the right. proper vein.
4: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
0: you know i yeah. the proper arteries where it should be flowing through. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm speaking of. We need mm-hmm. to get on one core with that and yeah. be on a united front. Burning down nothing does nothing for our community. It does nothing for self.
2: At all. Yeah. Sets us back. It does. Just sets Very us much back.
0: So.
2: Yep.
1: And uh, yep. So, so hold up. Go for it.
2: I know I'm kind of uh, shooting all the questions off, but booze, you normally do that every episode anyway. So shut up. Over <laughs> there. Uh, Big bro. <laughs> This is something I've been reading on recently. And you, like we said, you on the front lines and you actually have military background. So you can speak to post-traumatic stress disorder through the military. But also, what are you seeing in the, the city with like the effects of how police brutality plays on young people's minds or the conditions that we've been placed in in this country, like what what telltale signs are you seeing of post-traumatic stress disorder within the city?
0: Well, for one, I would say that um be now I, I gotta say this. Detroit, under this uh our current chief, Chief James Craig, we don't have that that climate. You know, we don't have that. We really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um let me hit you let me let me, let me go here and I'm Come right back to your point. Mm-hmm. There are pretty much five elements in policing. Um, we see three of those uh, components every day, all day, every day. They're broadcast to us. We see mm-hmm. the uh, prevention of crime, we see the apprehension of offenders, and the enforcement of the law. Very, very rarely do we see a police organization that uh, encompasses the preservation of peace aspect of policing and the community policing uh, uh, aspect of policing. Mm -hmm. That part, the community part. When police agencies lack those last two parts, the only experience that people get are when the police are responding to a violent crime or some type of tumultuous event. And the only time that the people in the city see the police is when they're coming to them, coming to get their brother, their cousin, their uncle, or said uh, a person is the recipient of brutality. So there be in, in lies of fear or trauma that avoidance. We already know how when we drive, uh, let me, if it's more than two of us in the car, uh, you can't rock your baseball cap. You see what I'm saying? Hypervigilant mm-hmm. sets in. Oh uh-huh. man. Damn, my tail light busted. Oh shoot! I gotta try to walk outside in the rain without an umbrella and hope I don't get wet. And that's just mm-hmm. an analogy saying I hope I roll and don't get pulled over because mm-hmm. this tail guy, tailgate, tail light being busted out can lead to something else, or not even the tail light being busted, but the mere fact that my blinker may have went out. Went out. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And then we don't know the laws. We don't know the laws. uh, 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 You can't do a search without probable causes uh, and suspicion beyond a reasonable pat-down. We don't know Mm -hmm. that. You don't have to leave and get out of your car. You don't. But the police agencies have to be willing to accept your knowledge of the laws Mm -hmm. of the land, the policing laws. You feel me? So mm-hmm. yes, our youth are very traumatized because of the nature of policing. Police, they can do things and get uh and be reassigned. They can mm-hmm. uh commit violent acts against you and not yep. be persecuted to the extreme measures of the law as mm-hmm. you and I would be. Mm-hmm. So yes, yep. it's very traumatizing. We need things, those those visuals of Detroit police officers kneeling with other citizens in the community you need more visuals of that you need more actual uh, you need more hugs mm. remember I created a program called project Peace pillars this I'm not trying to advertise that program no I advertise it but this pro- this program I was I was awarded nineteen thousand dollars in trek bikes and helmets and shirts. For military veterans to ride with the Detroit Police Department's bike control to give a visible presence of public servitude Mm. to allow the police to come into the community in a peaceful manner. It sparked conversation. Remember, you got police and veterans riding through on bikes. That makes them approachable. We had children Mm -hmm. riding up and asking if they can roll with us, and they did. I couldn't get enough veterans to come participate Okay, Yes, $700 bikes, $20,000 worth of $700 bikes that all veterans had to do was come to where we were going to ride, ride for a couple hours through the neighborhood. This program la- allowed for therapy, not only exercise mm-hmm. for veterans and the police officers in the community, but it allowed for therapy for veterans that went through Uh, experiences where they couldn't function in the same room with police for fear Mm -hmm. of their traumas. You feel me? Mm -hmm. This bike program, imagine four veterans and four police officers rolling through on bicycles. Are you going to dump out your Wendy's or Coney Island trash with us present? No. Mm -hmm. Are you going to dump your tires or your trash? No. No, it's a visible Mm. presence of public servitude. It's community Mm -hmm. policing. The preservation of police type of policing. Those are the things we need to. Can't come into the hood with your gun out and your batons ready to crack heads. Can't do that. Mm -hmm.
4: Yep.
2: So, uh, Big booze. what you got, bro?
1: Um, nothing, man. We at that point, we normally start wrapping up. Um, I definitely want to thank you Travis cuz I feel like this is some invaluable information man. Um man, what? Um and your perspective, brother, is like 100% what we were talking about the other day is like from the military, being trained, seeing the racism. It's such a it's such a um, good vantage point on what's going on inside of this world. And yeah, just your just your your general knowledge of history and how things repeat themselves and how none of this is new. So I got to appreciate you, big brother, um for one serving serving our country but then also man serving your community and just being an exemplary role model for ex-vets and um, well, not even ex-vets and for people in our community in general man so thank you from the bottom of my heart for that bro I
0: appreciate it yes. yes sir I appreciate the accolades humbly I really do I love to serve it makes me feel good you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I love that I love it I love to serve. I always have. And let me leave y'all with these parting words. In order to keep a people from going forward and fig- realizing what their future is, you erase or eradicate their history. Yep. And that's what's being done. And you culturally assimilate them to adopt the uh, the majority uh, uh, culture. You know what I'm yep. saying? Our folklores are gone. They're diminishing. We got to get that back right. But please, our people, we must look back at reconstruction and see what type of, as uh, Brother Asa, King Asa just stated earlier, what type of vibe, the energy that, that it took to get us to be uh, uh, considered to even live free and to be able to freely enterprise, just as everyone else. I just want equity. Keep your equality. Make it equitable for me. Yeah. Love.
1: Give me my fourteen trillion dollars in reparations.
0: Yes sir <laughs> You get it. You get it. You yep. get it.
1: Yeah, man. Give me my fourteen <laughs> trillion. Right. But uh, that's it for us. We normally do. We normally do. Uh, um, we normally do big, uh,
0: big love, big bro. Big love to y'all. Keep being kings and gods as you all are, and keep bringing this voice out to the community. Because we need a voice. We need a, a platform where voices can be heard, where our voices and our histories and truths can be uh, exact to better us.
2: Yes, sir. All right, big bro. We're going to talk to you in a minute.
1: Peace. 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 Um, all righty, guys.
2: want You want to end with some gratitude, man? With some appreciations.
1: So we normally end our show with a couple of appreciations. Of course, I would would like to appreciate um, big brother Travis for coming on to the show today. Um, Definitely got to appreciate him. I'm going to do something that people aren't going to expect. Well, I'm going to do two appreciations. I'm going to do them because they go hand in hand. One, I respect the protesters who are not tearing up my city because I do understand that you are mad and you want to create change. I get it that we might not all see that the change is being carried out correctly and that it needs more guidance. But I'm not going to I'm not going to marginalize people who are coming out of this the comfort zone to try to make change inside this world, because that's something that has to be that has to be respected, in my in my opinion. It's easy. to It's easy to to, to belittle people who protest, but it's hard. It's, it's hard to find the truth in what they do. And then the second one goes out to and this is my opinion again, the DPD. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I've lived all around the burbs in this, 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 this day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've never been harassed in the city uh, since I've lived in the city. I've been here 10 years plus. I've been in Michigan down there 20 years. Thanks. Um, I consider myself to be a lifelong of, uh, Detroit at this point. Um, people, I, I agree with Travis and what he was saying, man. Like, I think they do a good job at keeping the city um, safe while also not abusing their power. For the um, most part. Yep. But I mean, like, I'm sure there's always going to be some wild cards in there, mm-hmm. but I definitely can say that I have been, I've ha- I've been pulled over in Ypsilanti with a gun on his hand. I mean, with a cop with a gun on his hand, yep. and I've been pulled over in the city and haven't had that experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, salute to everybody inside the struggle. I guess that's what I'm trying to say.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, since Austin I here, I could take a little extra time. Uh, I want to appreciate and show gratitude to my dog, Raphael Wright, for this hat. This is the coldest hat I've ever gotten. The material is ridiculous, Rafa. You you went all out on these boys. Holla at uh, Raphael. Jump on his website. Order the book. Order a couple hats, order some pins, you know what I'm saying? Show some love and appreciation for a brother who is for real making moves in our city for us. Thinking about, you know what I'm saying, the betterment of our people. Um, I definitely want to uh, throw a little love to the DPD and agree with what Booz was saying. Because I have had a few run-ins with the police. Uh, in the suburbs, Farmington Hills. When I lived out that way, had a couple of incidents, got arrested, got put on probation a couple different times. Uh, lived in the city for eighty percent of my life, and never got any type of harassment like I did out in the birds. When I was a young fella doing knucklehead stuff, you know, what I'm saying we smoking in the park. The police might come and bust it up, but the worst they did was, you know, made us made us stump out our little blunts and all that, and they went about their business. You know what I'm saying? I've actually been assaulted. We can address that on a, on a different episode. I actually got assaulted in the birds at an event when I was like a young cat. So DPD definitely got a different energy about themselves when they're dealing with the people, probably because most of them came from the city.
1: That's that's it for me. All right. I also had to dip out early. Y'all probably just heard my stomach gurgling. Oh, well. Uh, Because the microphone (laughs) is in my stomach. (laughs) But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, powerful episode of the High Vibe Guys during this uh, very interesting period in time. And that is about it. Dave, you can end the session. Thank you,
4: sir. Peace.